Amen. Amen. Well, we, before we get to our first scripture today uh, <coughs> that we're going to read, I want to tell you a story that I heard a while back. And uh, probably <coughs> since it was a while back and I didn't write it down, I probably won't have all the, the facts exactly perfect, but the content of the story will be correct. And it, it, it was a valuable point. And there was a young man that grew up in uh, the Bronx and his whole family were law enforcement. Uh, his dad was law enforcement. His uncles were law enforcement. Everybody was law enforcement. So he was, you know, it was kind of like the family business. So when, as he's growing up, you know, the expectation is that he's going to be law enforcement. law enforcement. And so he went in, you know, he heard all the stories that dad would tell that how exciting it was to run into a building and, and not know what was on the other side of the door and how, uh, you know, things were going to turn out. Somebody's holding a gun at you, you know, de-escalating things or, or coming up on somebody that was, you know, about to commit suicide and uh, being able to talk him down. He just loved the thrill of the job. And so uh, one day, uh, as this man had become a law enforcement, he ran into a building. They didn't know what was on the other side. A guy had a gun, kind of a dangerous situation, but he survived. But he got a revelation that day that he was not excited about people pointing guns at him as his father was. He thought, I don't want to do this. And so uh, he didn't know what he was going to do because he really had never known anything other than the, uh, the law enforcement. This is a true story. And um, so he was sitting thinking about it and winter was coming on and everything like that. And he was talking to a friend. He said, hey, you want to make uh, some extra money in a side hustle? And he goes, well, what do you got in mind? He says, let's buy some Christmas trees, set them up on this lot, and see if we can't sell them. And so they talked about it and everything like that, and uh, uh, the other guy was cool with it, so they bought him some Christmas trees. Now, this goes back in the day. This is a while back, so wages are, were different then. And, um, and they, in the Christmas season, they made like $10,000 net each. And they were just like, he got a revelation. It's like, now this I can get into uh, because it was like a half year's or three quarters year salary of what he was making as a police officer at the time. And uh, he thought, man, we didn't do near as much work. It w nobody pointed a gun at us and, and we made more money. Uh, I'm into the sales type stuff. So he started pursuing a sales uh, career and ended up on the New York Stock Exchange as a broker. And uh, uh, he was very good at spotting patterns and stuff. And he just started making buku money. And I, I believe if my memory serves me correct, his first year, uh, selling stocks and buying and selling stocks. Uh, he would do it for clients and for himself. Uh, he made about a million dollars and he's living the life. He's got the fancy car. He's doing all the stuff that people with money do. And, and he was just, you know, walking on cloud nine. And then some events changed. Either the market crashed or he had a bad trade. I don't really remember what caused it, but he lost everything. And he actually lost more than he had. And he was negative $250,000 in debt and didn't know what he was going to do. He went down to the uh, harbor or down to the river or whatever, wherever he went. He was sitting there and he was looking out over the water, contemplating his next move and contemplating suicide. And uh, he was discouraged. He didn't know how he was going to get out of debt. And there was an old man sitting a bench or two down. And the old man started yelling at him, said, the ship, the ship. He kind of looked at him, thought he wasn't, you know, just being crazy or something like that. And the guy said, the ship, the ship. He says, are you talking to me? And the guy says, yeah, the ship. And he said, what are you talking about, old man? The ship. It ain't coming to you. He says, what do you mean? Your ship ain't coming to you. You got to go out and get it. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. He's, hey, you're, you're, you're contemplating things. It ain't going to work. Your ship ain't going to come in. You're going to you're gonna have to make something happen. 
He says, uh, he says yeah, 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 shut up. He says, you think you can outrun me? Now, this guy's like late 20s, early 30s. And, and he looks at the old man and he says, yeah, of course I can outrun you. No, seriously, you think you can outrun me? 100-yard dash. He's like, yeah, I can easily outrun you. He says, I bet you you can't outrun me. He says, you got $50 on you? The guy says, no. He says, well, I'm willing to make a bet with you, 50 bucks. He says, if you outrun me, I'll give you 50 bucks. If I outrun you, you give me 50 bucks. He says, can you get 50 bucks? And he says, yeah, maybe. And he says, all right, tomorrow morning, 8.30, you come back here with 50 bucks? And he says, no, no, no. He says, I'll give you 10 to 1 odds. If you beat me, I'll give you 500 bucks. But if I beat you, you give me the 50 bucks. So he's like, oh, okay. That sounds like a good deal to me. So he leaves and he doesn't know where he's going to get the 50 bucks. doesn't have it. Goes to his girlfriend, fiance, whatever she was to him. And she's telling them the story. This crazy old man challenged me tomorrow morning, 830, run 100 yard dash. If I beat him, he's going to uh, give me $500. If he beats me, I got to give him 50, but I don't have 50. Do you have 50? And uh, the girl had the $50 and was willing to loan it to him. So he got the 50, went down the next day. And uh, he got down to the place they were supposed to meet, and he didn't see the old man. So he just sat on the bench looking out the water like he did the day before. And uh, all of a sudden, he hears a voice from behind him say, you got the 50 bucks? And he pulls it out of his pocket and says, yeah, I got the 50 bucks. And he says, okay, you ready to race? 100-yard dash. Yes. Do you remember the terms of the race? Yes, I do. Uh, you beat me, $500. I beat you, I get that $50 bill you just showed me. He says, yeah. I said, are you good for it? And he says, yeah, I'm good for it. Let's race. He said, all right, come over here. And he says, from here to there is 100 yards, and we're going to race. He says, uh, but uh, do you understand horse racing? The guy said, yeah, I do. And he says, well, what, what happens when they get two horses together? They're going to race, and one's just, they, they know it's faster. They know it's healthier. They know it's younger and everything like that. And he says, well, they handicap it. And he says, okay. He says, do you understand handicapping? And the guy says, yeah. He says, what do they do to the horse? He says, they put extra weights on it. So it has to run with weights to make it even with the other horse. He says, okay. He says, I'm going to handicap you because I'm older than you. You're healthier than me. So we got to have a handicap. So he pulls out a burlap bag. He says, get in it. And the kid says, man, I can hop faster than you. I don't care. So he gets in the, the bag and is getting ready to race him and everything like that. He says, all right, um, one more thing for the handicap so that, that this thing is e even. You ready to race? He said, yeah. He says, okay, turn around. He says, you got to go backwards. Now the kid's getting ticked off. And he says, uh, all right. He says, I can still beat you backwards. And so they, uh, they get into the race. And they take off, and the old man wins. He said, 50 bucks, give it to me. And, uh, uh, you know, the guy pulls it out, takes the 50 bucks. He says, now what'd you learn? He says, I didn't learn anything. He says, come on. He says, I think you're brighter than that. What'd you learn? He goes, I don't know. He says, well, you think about it tonight. You meet me back here tomorrow at 830 and tell me what you learned. So the guy walks off. He's upset. Now he doesn't have his, he's, you know, he's going to come back and give the girlfriend the 50 bucks, have 50 bucks or the 450 for himself and everything, whatnot. And he's trying to figure out what am I going to do? Not, not only am I $250,000 in debt, I'm $2,050,000. Uh, $2,050,050 in debt because I'm a girlfriend now. And uh, he's, he's irritated, but he's thinking about this. Okay, what was I supposed to learn? What was I supposed to learn? So the next day he shows up at 830. The old man's down there. He said, did you figure out what you learned? 
He says, well, the only thing I could come up with was the fact is I let you make the rules that I was going to race in. He goes, oh, my goodness. He goes, I got two sons I put through college. They never figured that out. So quit playing by other people's rules. Now, the story goes on. There's a lot more points, but for my message's sake, this is what I want to bring out. Uh, Christians, you're playing by the wrong rules. You're letting other people make the rules that you're trying to play by. People are trying to believe God for money, trying to believe God for health, and they're trying to do it on a set of rules that somebody else made. And I want to help you out with something in this world. The rules are against you. You know what? I did taxes for about 20 years, and I, I didn't go through the tax class and get my certification or anything like that so I could prepare taxes. I did it because I wanted to understand taxes. You probably heard it said before that there's two tax systems. There are. I guarantee you, if you have an earned income, you pay more taxes than I do. Because I, I, I studied the tax code. I studied people who showed how to use the tax code and operate in the system. Now, now if you stop and think about it just from a natural standpoint, who writes the tax laws in the United States of America? Who? Congress. Okay, if you, it sounds like most people don't know this. Congress does. Is the vast majority of Congress rich or poor? You all know that one. Now, do you think they're writing tax laws to create more taxes for themselves? The tax code will tell you how to handle your money. You know those 12 million words in that big book? Now, who wants to read it? Nobody does. But there's two systems, and if you understand the system they operate by, or you understand the higher system, the rules are different. Okay, this is not a tax class, smile. <laughs> so we have to understand, and that's my message this morning. I actually kind of got a Mother's Day message. You ought to be impressed by that. Because we're going to look at a woman who did not play by the rules. See, we have to understand the rules that God has set in order. But this is the hard thing to trans transcend is because <coughs> we have been indoctrinated in the world system in how to operate a life. When God says, no, this is the way you operate. It's a higher level. See, see God planned for you and me not to be stressed out. Anybody here ever get stressed? Don't, you don't have to raise your hand, but anybody ever get stressed out? Anybody ever lay at bed at night worrying? Do you, do you know that's not in the Bible for you? You've been delivered from all that? You ever trying to figure out how you're going to keep your family together, how you're going to keep your kids from going wacky, how you're going to, to what are you going to do because the job is talking about they're, they're getting ready to let people go or they're getting ready to close or anything. God has given us a way to live on a higher level, but the rules are different. All we have to do is understand the rules of the higher level. So turn, if you would, to 1 Samuel chapter 1. Yes. Thank you. We're going to look here and see <coughs> how to operate. And in first, uh, the book of 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 1, it says, Now there was a certain man out of, I'm not going to pronounce the town, of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of uh, Tohu, the son of Z the Ephraim. Okay, verse 2. And he had two wives. Say two. He had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah. That's who we're going to talk about. And the name of the other was Peninnah. Uh, and Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. She had an issue. 
Now, especially back in the day, it's still true today, um, especially a woman, you know, she wants, to, she wants to have a child. Back in the day to, to bring forth a, especially a son, uh, there was a lot of cultural things, ritualistic things, you know, that, that was pertained to that. It was very heavy on their heart. And, th- you know, the other wife, she's popping them out, and she, this, she's not. She, she's got an issue. What's your issue? Might not be not having a child, maybe. But, but have you ever noticed we have issues in our life? And we can learn from what Hannah did with the issues of our life that many people are failing to understand. And uh, verse 3, And this man went up out of the city yearly to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two of the sons, uh, Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas, the priests uh, of the Lord, were there. Now, they went and they worshipped. So I want, you, I want you to understand this. Hannah was also a godly woman. She went and worshipped. But she still had a problem. Being a Christian doesn't automatically get rid of problems, but there's rules that we can operate in that no problem will have dominion over us. God has an answer for every problem that you and I can encounter, whether it's an addiction problem, whether it's a depression problem, whether it's an economic problem, whether it's a health problem, whether it's a, it doesn't matter what the, what the condition is, God has an answer. And so, so Hannah is going to have to put some things into operation in order to change, but she can't play by the rules of the day. Do, do you think they had back in Hannah's day, how do you say it, in vitro fertilization? Is that, am I saying it right? Do, what's that? Okay, same thing. Okay. I kind of stepped out on a limb there. I I don't know too much medical stuff. Uh, Do you think they had that back in the day? Or any other variation of things like that? But she's going to tackle a problem that has no answer in that day. So what this shows us is even if your issue today, there's no natural answer for it, guess what? There's an answer for it. You just got to play by different rules. And so uh, verse four, and when the time when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Peniah his wife and to all her sons and her daughters portions. But unto Hannah, he gave a worthy portion for he loved Hannah. But the Lord had shut up her womb and her adversary. Do you know who her adversary was? The other woman. Her adversary also provoked her sore to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. You know, there's always a Goliath somewhere. Now, Goliath might not show up as Goliath, might show up as, you know, just a person at work, a sibling, a so-called friend. There's, hey, thank you, haters. Yeah, there's always haters around. And as he did so year by year, when she went to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her, therefore she wept and did not eat. Then said Elkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? Why eatest not thou? Why is thy heart grieved? And not I am not I better to thee than ten sons? Now, it is apparent that she had a good husband to her, took care of her, blessed her, but it did not fulfill this other desire of her heart. You know, a lot of times, in fact, when we get into mind-altering substances, drugs, alcohol, you know, that kind of stuff. We're trying to satisfy something missing with something else. 
it's not what God designed. He says, I'll, I'll fill that which you really desire. In fact, Psalm 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give thee the desires of your heart. But, but we're going to see here what happened. So, so in verse, uh, verse 9. So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon the seat by a post of the temple of the Lord, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. Now, she's crying out to God. Here's a rule that we can understand <clears throat> that a lot of people miss. Your answer is in Him. People will say a little prayer, Lord, help me with this, and walk on. But you know, some things are shut up. In, in this case, it was a womb. Some things are shut up so that we will press in. Just because you're not walking in it does not mean it's denied. It might be one of the things that you need to press in and open. Are you willing to press in? And this is where a lot of people fail is they're not willing. But this mother, she's not a mother at this point, but she's going to become a mother. This mother saw this need and she said, no, he's a God that answers prayer. Amen. I will press until I receive. Do you remember in the New, New Testament, the story, the, the woman that came to the judge and... Uh, No, that was the person that came to the neighbor's house. What? What do you want? Hey, I got somebody who just came to my house and uh, I need some food. Can I borrow some food? We're in bed. We've already gone to bed. It's 830. You know, the sun's gone down. We're in sleep. We can't do this right now. Come back. Check with me tomorrow. Pretend you're asleep. Some of you don't have to pretend. <laughs> At what point are you going to finally get up and answer the door? Or the judge and the woman that I started off on and then kind of got messed up on my stories. And, uh, uh, you know, she came and she, what, what, David's translation, because she nagged him so much, she gave, him, gave her what he wanted or what she wanted. See, are you willing to open the door that seems to be closed? You know, that if we went into uh, different ministry gifts and things like that, there is a gift of giving. It's in Corinthians. You can read about it. Do you know there will be people that God has ordained for them to be a, a magnet for money to expand his kingdom that, that will go to their graves broke because they just kept looking at their money problems and didn't look at their promises? See, we got to understand there's a, there's a rule set that we can live by. In verse 10, And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thy handmaid, and the, remember me, and not forget thy handmaid, but wilt give unto thee thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. Now there's an interesting thing about this, and it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli marked her mouth, or he thought she was drunk or something like that. And uh, he came and, you know, was asking her about the thing. But the, here's the thing. I want you to notice inside of her heart. See, because if you really want something, what, what do you want? The something, right? I mean, your whole focus is the thing that you want. She wanted this so bad, she was willing to give it up before she ever got it. To me, this is a phenomenal display of walking with God and letting God supply all your needs. God, if you will look on me, 
and give me a man child, I'll give him back to you. He'll be yours. But I'll be satisfied in knowing that, that you gave me the child and I can watch him grow in the temple of God. All right, uh, so Eli and her have some words about where she's at. Jump down to verse 17. After Eli and her talked about it, and he realized she's not drunk, but she was, you know, greatly believing God. Eli answered and said, go in peace. And the God of Israel grant thee that petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. There's another great point in this verse right here, or in these two verses that I just read. That, remember, we started off this series. I've been looking at Old Testament examples because the Bible said they were for our example that we can learn by them. We've, we've read that several times out of the book of Corinthians. Uh, I didn't read it today. But um, uh, they're, they're an example. She's an example for us. You know what she was connected to? The house of God and a gift of God, the priest in those days. This modern, this modern uh, church world that we live in, well, I, I am the body of Christ. I don't need a fellowship of believers. Uh, unbiblical. And not at Ephesians chapter 4, he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Uh, go and study that out. He didn't give some none. The, the rules of God open doors to be able to operate in the things of God. And, and we're seeing it in the story. Jump down to verse 24. Now I'm going to show you something that's really going to mess with your, with your uh, theology, especially in these, uh, these days that we live in. Um, she, she, she gets a child. After the child is weaned, this is Samuel. She brings him to uh, Eli the priest to, to deliver him. The, the God gave me this child. I, I uh, promised him that he, if he would give me a male child, that, that once he was weaned, I would bring him to the house so that he could grow up in the temple. I want you to take him, train him as a priest in the Lord and, and operate in the, in the house of God. She did what she said. And then look what she did in verse 24. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bullocks and one ephah of flour and a bottle of wine and brought him unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. Okay, she didn't just go and bring the child. She brought an offering. And now, now watch this. And they threw a bullock and brought the child to Eli. They slew a bullock and brought the child to Eli. And she said, oh my God, as I so live with my Lord, I am a woman that stood by thee here praying unto the Lord. Now she's testifying. She's given the testimony of what God done. Do you know in this modern age, there's a lot of people that don't want to give the testimony of what God has done because, well, I don't want people to think that I'm something special. Well, why don't you give the testimony so you give glory to God and don't make people think that you're something special? We should testify of the things that God has done. She came and she gave a, a testimony to the priest. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I have asked of him. Therefore also I have lent him, lent him to the Lord as long as he liveth, and he shall be lent to the Lord, and he worshiped, and he worshiped the Lord there. Now, I'm going to go back. She brought an offering. How many, just think about this. Don't get under guilt of condemnation. But, but has God ever done anything for you that's like you knew it was God? What did you do after it? Oh, thank you, because we're receivers. Americans are like, what's, what's good for me? It's a dog-eat-dog -dog world out there, and i got to keep my stuff, and, and i gotta, I got to do this, and i got to do this to get that. Thank you, God. 
But if God healed your body, it's not worth an offering. God saved your child. It's not worth an offering. See, the, the Bible says that these people in the Old Testament was for our example. And we see an example here of a woman that played by a whole separate set of rules. She didn't try to, to find something. Her heart was heavy, so she went to God. She made a deal with God. Have you ever tried to make a deal with God? Why not? God, if you will do this for me, if you will honor my faith, if you will not forget me, I will do this for you. Why? Because most, most Americans don't like the give back. And then when God did exactly what uh, she said, she, she, now she didn't say it before that she was going to do it, but she, when she came to bring, you've you got to understand the psychology of this of a person. A person who heard the heaviest thing on her heart was to have a child, and she's going to give the child back to God, which is like a mighty, mighty thing to do because that is the fulfillment of everything that she desired. But when she brought the child, she didn't just bring the child. She gave an offering to God. Isn't that amazing? What a woman of God. What a mother of God. You know, there's many mothers. You know, Peter, if he would have exalted on his, um, his mom, he said, I don't know where I would be if it wasn't for my mom. He had a, a praying mom. Now, he was stuck on stupid to an nth degree. I mean, uh, in fact, it was either his mom or his grandma in his criminality days uh, said to him, uh, Sonny, you should stop doing this because you're not very good. You get caught all the time. <laughs> was that your mom or your grandma? My that was her mother, his mother. Smart woman. But, but not only his mother, but his grandmother, they went to God on his behalf because they knew that they couldn't change him. Do you know, mothers, that just the word mother is an anointed word? There's many mothers trying to be good mothers but they forsake the anointing on, on who they are. It, it, just in the reliance upon God, God will give you wisdom and understanding how to raise the kids and keep them out of trouble and, and minister to them in ways that will affect them. You know, we, we, we learn there's two systems. There's going to God and there's grabbing a frying pan. The frying pan doesn't work. It just, law creates wrath. But there's a way to mother. There's a way to tap into the things of God. And this goes to all areas and even for men. But are you willing to get before God long enough to make the change? What if the greatest thing in your life that you're facing right now, God says, fast three days? Oh man, we just, we just knocked a whole bunch of people out of the boat. And, and it's challenging me. I like food. I don't mind fasting a meal. A certain item I like, I can fast tacos for five days. I just know that on the sixth day I'm going to get tacos. But a complete fast? Ooh. What if your breakthrough was just three days of fasting away? What if your breakthrough was an hour of prayer a day for a week on the subject? What if your breakthrough was getting into the Word of God and searching out a, a promise of God that would deal with whatever it is that you're looking at? Do you know a lot of people, they'll call me. I've told the story before. The guy called me and said, Pastor, can you help me? I'm going through this and I don't know what to do. And I, and I asked him and I said, uh, well, okay, sure. Tell me, like when you were searching for God's answer in this, where were you at in the Bible? Because I knew he didn't read his Bible. 
And uh, he said, well, I don't understand what you're talking about. I said, well, when you're reading your Bible looking for the answer, where, where did you go? He says, I, I, I'm not sure. Uh, uh, I said, well, okay, well, when you're reading your Bible today, where were you reading? He said, well, I haven't read my Bible today yet. I said, okay, that's what I said yesterday when you were reading your Bible. Where did you read? He, well, I didn't read my Bible yesterday. I said, okay, that's fine. I said, well, last time you uh, cracked open your Bible, what were you reading? He said, well, well, and he gave the verses that I read on Sunday. I said, no. I said, when I'm preaching, that don't count. When did you? He said, well, I haven't read my Bible in a while. I said, why are you calling me? If, if you don't have a desire enough to find the answer in the word of God, you're not going to be in a position to apprehend it. Now, I tell the story on him. I can tell the story on me. Y'all remember the other story? I called up pastor. I was doing something and, and man, it was just the word of God that came out of his mouth. And he said, my goodness. Did I, I, no, I think I said at first, I said, wow. I said, that's that's simple. I didn't even write it down. It was so clear and so simple. And uh, he says, yeah, he said that was God. I would have never thought that that just came out of my spirit. And uh, so then about a week went by and I went I was going back to that dealing with the same thing. I, I could not remember it for the life of me. And so I called him and I said, uh, um, you know, such and such and such. and such. I said, do you remember? He says, yeah, I remember that. I said, what well, what did you say? He goes, you know, David, he says, I remember it was so clear and so simple, but I can't for the life of me remember what it is. And he says, but the word of the Lord comes to me right now. There's a carbon copy in your spirit. And if you will pray, that carbon copy will come up and you will know. And I told him, I said, well, you know that what that means, don't you? I said, if there's a carbon copy in me, there's a carbon copy in you. Would you pull it up and just tell me? <laughs> what? Because we like easy, don't we? But no, God, God likes success. And he's given us a way to live above in a totally different set of rules than everybody living on the earth, that it should make everybody hungry to have what we have. But if we're not willing to press in, we're going to live at the lower level and just do what's in our brain. And none of our brains are smart enough to figure out God's system. God has a million and one ways to answer any prayer that you have. All you need is one of them. Seek him and he shall be found. Let's stand. Let me go back to my tax story for just a minute. Because, because taxes are things for most, it's actually not for me, but for most people it's boring. They, they don't want to read, they don't want to listen, they don't want to explore taxes. I, mean, I get it, it's boring. It's a bunch of legal talk. I get that, but what if it saves you thousands of dollars? You know, a, a person will fight or be excited for a 50, 75 cent or even a dollar Raise, do you know on a full-time job, a dollar an hour raise is 40 bucks a week? I mean, sure, everybody would take the 40 bucks. I'm not knocking it, but that's not life-changing. And they'll be excited about the extra dollar. And God says, you can tap into everything in heaven. And we're unwilling to put the time. We'll put the 40 hours in to get the extra dollar, plus the other dollars that it added to. But we're unwilling to put the, put the time in to get what God has. Do you think that the devil is not targeting you? Because you and I will do things to try to get something. If you get laid off, you're going to immediately jump on the unemployment website and start filling out tons and tons of paperwork to try to get an unemployment check 
And God says, I'll take care of you. We, we won't jump on the word of God and build our faith to walk in. We'll go down to a doctor and let him poke and prod and cut and do all these different kinds. Give us a medicine that has 15, 20 different side effects to it and hope that it's okay. But we won't stand and believe God for the healing of our body, which he took his stripes in his back. We, we struggle. It's a human thing. But why, why do we struggle? Why are we willing to do very, I'm going to call it low wage, very low wage activities to get a little bit more? but we won't do very high-wage activities to walk in the abundance of God. Do you know if you would just get up an hour earlier in the morning, and I know I just shut down a lot of people, because like I'm already getting up early. Believe me, I don't, like, I don't like mornings either. I was awake at 4.45 this morning. That's too early. And the only reason why I was awake that early is because I went to bed really early. And uh, I got a full, full night's sleep, but it's like, I saw the exact same thing when my eyes were closed and when my eyes were open. It's like, it, it's, uh, I looked over at my phone. Oh, man, hour and 15 minutes. I can try to sleep more or I can get up. I'll try and sleep more. We don't like it, but you know that you can totally change your life getting up an hour early and spending it with God. Amen. But most people will not do it. Do you know you can get the Word of God in your heart by opening up your Bible and actually reading it, and not just reading a chapter a day, just reading it to digest, to change the way you think, and you'll totally change your life. Most people won't do it. Why is it? Well, predominantly, it's the devil who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He knows that if he can keep you out of this higher system, then, then you won't succeed and won't fulfill the call of God on your life, the purposes of God on your life. It's like everybody in here has the ability to learn the tax code. It's just, I'm a glutton for punishment. I, I still get on webinars to learn tax code. But it's because I hate paying taxes. It, it gives me a compelling future. Like I said, if, I, I doubt there's anybody in here that if you've got a decent wage, you, you pay more taxes than I do because I've structured my life around the tax code so that, that I don't have to pay those things because Congress writes a tax that has a secondary set of laws to it to where you can bypass a lot of taxes. God has written a secondary element of how this really works that is so far higher than the natural it just it just gets us out of our comfort zone and most people are unwilling to do it i want to encourage you if you've not made a decision to follow christ follow him now everybody said everybody that's a christian says no i follow christ no you, you might be a christian or you might have understood things. I'm saying follow him. He does not operate in the lower elements. He raises people up into the higher elements where all things are possible if you can believe. That's where the challenge is right there. Can I believe it? Can, can I rise up to that element and believe it? And that's where the battle is. Because we have desires within us 
Now, God says if we'll delight ourselves in the Lord, he'll give us the desires of our heart. He's not trying to keep the desires away from him. He wants to give it to us. I've told the story before. That I don't know where I came about this. There was two things that uh, I always wanted to do from a young man. One, I wanted, to, I wanted to see the Kremlin in Moscow. And two, I wanted to take a safari in, uh, uh, you know, in Africa someplace. And uh, the very first trip that Pastor Harbaum uh, took me on to Africa, uh, he had been going there five, six, seven years already ministering. And he calls me up one day. He says, you know, David, he says, in all the times I've been to Africa, and he would live there three, four months at a time, he says, I've never done a safari. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the team this year that's coming over, and we're going to take one day, and we're going to go on a safari. Tr delight yourself in the Lord. I, I wasn't going to Africa for vacation. I wasn't going to Africa for the accommodations. And I wasn't going to Africa for the food. I still, I will be there in September again. I'm not going for a vacation. I'm not going for the accommodations and I'm not going for the food. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. It had been a desire of my heart since I was a boy. He says, oh, we're going to take a day off. And we're going to go on a safari. And uh, I'm just praising God because it's something I always wanted to do. Didn't talk to him about it. And, uh, and it was I didn't have to pay extra. He just included it in the, the cost. He had broken down everybody's share. So I was paying the same amount as I was paying to just go over there. You know, it covers the airfare and everything like that. He's just going to bless everybody. And when we went on the safari, the safari guide said, man, I can't believe you're at this. He says, this, is, this safari, we have seen more animals than any of the other safaris that I, uh, you know, that I do. We saw a lion, we saw uh, 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 rhinos, we saw hippopotamus, uh, we saw giraffes. The only thing we didn't see is a lion kill something. And uh, I was kind of hoping we would see that, but, uh, but that didn't happen. But he's like, I can't believe what we've seen. The, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give. Now, now, I want you to focus on give. And what I just said, how much did that cost me? He gave it. And then he, six months after that, uh, through an a Aaron Beatty, a missionary, uh, got invited to Russia. And uh, um, that March, after it was there September and March, we were in Russia. And I didn't get to see the Kremlin on that trip, but I think it was my third trip there. We started doing ministry there, helping churches and stuff like that. And a storm came in. I was in the city of Orsk, where uh, Natasha and Sergey are from. And... Um, uh, they said, there's a storm coming in here on the day you're leaving, and they're saying it's going to be a bad one. We actually need to get you to Moscow before um, uh, that storm comes in because you might be stuck here. I said, okay, well, that's fine. So they worked it out, and they, they, uh, uh, they set it up. I think it was Natasha's uh, brother or something like that was going to pick me up at the airport. Uh, I didn't know who he was. They, like, had a sign and everything. So they picked me up, and uh, one of them spoke English, or both of them did, I don't know. But they said, as we were driving, they said, have you ever seen Red Square? And I said, no. He said, Would you, we'll be driving fairly near it, going to our house. Would you like to see it? I said, I'd love to. And I got to walk through the Kremlin. I got to walk, walk, well, I got to walk through Red Square, see the Kremlin, see the, uh, the onion top, what's that, St. Basil's Cathedral, and, and the different things in there. And um, uh, guess what it cost me? During ministry. God wants to give you, just like Hannah, God wants to give you that thing that's pressing on your heart. Are you willing to put yourself in line with him to get it? And that's the question that we come down to. Let's all bow our heads. Heavenly Father, I pray today.
God, that you will deal with our hearts. God, this thing is serious. we we got to get all in. There's, there's many that have said they've accepted you as Lord, but they don't follow you. Even you said, why do you call me Lord and don't do the things that I say? There's a system that you're trying to get us to operate in. And God, we're going to have to rise above the, the natural of what we understand so well. It'll cost us something in time and pressing. But, but the, the payoff is far greater than the effort. And Lord, until we see that, we're not going to get all in. Lord, deal with our hearts right now, as only you can do. Do we really desire what you have for us? Now, I'm going to pray two prayers over people as everybody keeps their head bowed and their eyes closed. Is there anybody here that's never given your life to the Lord, but you say, I I need to give my life to the Lord. I want to get into this. Just raise your hand real quick. Nobody? Okay. Is there anybody here that that you know you've given your life to the Lord, but you haven't been all in, and you, you want to walk in this higher level. You want God to take you into deeper, like they were singing those deeper waters. Thank you, thank you. Anybody else? Hands all over the building. We're going to pray over this. But I want you to release your faith in it. Heavenly Father, we stand here before you. Nobody, nobody raised their hand as far as needing to give their life to you, God, but... But I pray right now, if there's anybody in here that is not right with you, maybe they don't realize it, that you will deal with their hearts this day. Trouble their hearts, God. Let them know they need to get things right. But Lord, all the hands that were raised, the the raising of the hand, God, was was an an acknowledgement that I know there's more and I want to go into the deeper waters. Lord, I pray over them right now, Lord, that you would lead them there, that your spirit would lead them. God, that they would know your voice, God, and they would start pursuing the deeper things. Let you take them into the deep waters. Lord, let let, let you scoop down into the wells of their spirit and start bringing up the gifts that you have placed inside of them. Start bringing up those, those things that you've called them to do, Lord, that with their clarity becomes important in their life, Lord, because in these last days, we have got to walk in what you've created for us. Lord, I pray right now over each hand that was raised, God, that you would do what only you can do. Lord Jesus, to to bring them closer to you. Help them, Lord, in this. Help them, Lord, in this. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The uh, elders are up front. If you need prayer specifically or an encouraging word, uh, or you, you do need to...